Well, well, welcome to a new episode of the Brandon Janu Show. As you already know, I am Brandon Janu, and like always, man, podcast platforms, man, all audio podcast platforms, man. I will. You can type in Brandon Janu Show. Some of them you might have to space, huh? but mostly you keep it together. Brandon Janu Show um, on all podcast platforms everywhere, um, YouTube channel, Brandon Janus Show, um, social media platforms, it's Brandon Janus Show, uh, so, yeah, follow that, um, you already know after a WWE premium live event, I should say it like that, uh, I do the rate and review show right after it, and that's just what happened, so welcome to Wrestling Life. Uh, WWE Backlash Rate and Review Show. So, if you guys enjoy this, um, let's get into it. <sighs> okay, so I didn't really have that many high expectations coming into this this um, this premium live event. I really didn't. A lot of these matches felt like they were just thrown together. Um, and also, not a lot of build-up. It was kind of like on some... Just put them in the ring and see what happens. Uh, and that's kind of how I looked at this shit. So I really didn't have, a, a, like, a high level of, like, the matches I thought would be good was good. The matches I thought was kind of like, I don't see how that shit going to really work. Ended up being, I didn't see how that shit really worked. Um, so, um, yeah. So if you don't know how I do the rate review show, I uh, I rate it from a scale of, one star to five stars, uh, and if I have more than five star matches, a couple of five star matches, I will go from the my least favorite five star match to I thought was the match of the night. Um, so yeah, so I got one, two, three. Eh, yeah, I say three, three five star matches. Uh, one very close, but didn't. I just didn't feel like it landed the right way for me. Well, it could have been, but it just. I just didn't. Nah. Um. But throughout this pay per view, it was kind of like a lot of. Hmm, I don't know. Um. But uh, yeah. So. So like I said, I rate it from one star to five stars, and if it's a couple of matches with five stars, I pick my least favorite. Talk about that. Then I talk about the other one. Then the next. Uh, which will lead to the match of the night to me, which I thought was the best match of the whole damn event. Um, so like I said, I got three of those. So of course you know three of those matches. So I gotta, I already know which my least favorite five star match. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't, because all of them were different. One was really actually a really good fucking match from the start to the end. Um, one was a really good story. Um played into a storyline that they're trying to tell. And the other one was just, I really fucking liked the match. I thought it was a really cool match, but I also thought it would be a good fucking match. Um, so yeah. Um, so when it comes to the end of that, I will explain which match is why I picked it to be the match of the night. But until then, let's get into it. My least favorite match of the, uh, WWE backlash was Rhea Ripley versus Selena Vega for the Smack, uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. I gave it to two and a half stars. Uh, I didn't expect this match to be really that long or that 
intriguing. Um, I thought Rhea would dominate Selena for most of the match, which she did. I thought she would let Selena kind of play into the crowd because she's from there, which she did. Uh, but it didn't last long and it didn't have any effect. I thought this was one of those throwing together match. I, I can't say it was a throwing together match because the LWO and the Judgment Day have been going back and forth. But Selena Vega and Rhea haven't really had that many conflicts on screen up until maybe a couple weeks ago. So I, I get why they gave it to her, um, gave her this match. She's at home. Selena Vega is going to be at home. Is representing Latino World Order. So it made sense. I just felt like she hadn't had a lot of matches up until this point. And when she did start to have matches, it was like two or three weeks ago. So you didn't really build her into the into like a Sami Zayn. I'm not saying you had to have a nine-month fucking program with her, but she should have been in a couple of these matches before then. I see a lot of people saying maybe she should be now Mrs. Money in the Bank. I think you took one match in one moment and think now that's how she's supposed to be presented. I don't think that. I think she had a really good run. She was queen of the ring a couple of years ago. What, a year ago? And and they still fucked that up somehow. Well, that was in Ventus World. But, yeah, I don't know if she should win Money in the Bank because who the fuck she beating? Bianca or Rhea? Like, I don't see she her beating either of those women. Like that, I think she still needs to be built up a little bit more to become, you know, a champion. That's just my opinion. I just feel like they don't really use her in wrestling terms. If she's never been a wrestler, even when she was in NXT, she wasn't really wrestling like that. When she was the manager of uh, of Andrade, she wasn't even wrestling then like that. So ever since she's been on the main roster, they kind of have protected her a little bit. So I don't know. Maybe if she has a longer run. I would say if she have a if she have a longer run with it, uh, maybe then I would say yeah, give her a chance to win the title. But yeah, she gotta she gotta have more matches for me to be like yeah, she deserves it. Like I don't see it. Like I didn't see it in NXT. I didn't see it now. Like I saw a lot of people being like give her the money in the bank crown. Like nah, she doesn't deserve money in the bank. I think y'all are living into the moment and y'all letting the moment kind of surpass what the fuck is really happening. And that is, she was just, she's going to be at home. It made sense. The Latino, LWO and, and the Judgment Day have been going at each other. Why not just give it a match? Um, like I said, if you actually watched the match, it wasn't really that, it wasn't really that, um, sorry, by the way, about that. Uh, <laughs> and my voice started to get destroyed. My damn thing has been going off. Um, but uh, yeah, I, the match I didn't I didn't expect the match to be great, and I didn't expect the match to go long. I expected Rhea to kind of kind of come out there, dominate, let her have some offense, let her play into the crowd, and then she beats her. Exactly what the fuck happened? So I, yeah, I didn't see this match being like that. I didn't see this match being one of those matches that was going to be a drag out match. It was kind of like, eh, like nah. So, yeah, it was my least favorite match because I expected it to be what it became. It wasn't really that intriguing. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, my other match. So, I got two matches on here that I gave three and a half stars. Uh, so, just like I do with the five, I'm doing it for the three and a half star matches. Um, my least favorite three and a half star match. Um... Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus 
Bronson Reed triple threat match for the U.S. Championship. This dude is not over. Austin Theory is not over, man. And you can hear it. You had some people supporting him, but for the most part, man, it's quiet when he comes out, bro. Like, it's quiet, man. It's like fucking silent, dead fucking silence when he comes out. And when you have to be the U.S. champion and you're trying to be the guy and you just don't fucking match it, it's starting to get really bad. He's going to smack down. I said this when I did the draft show just a couple of days ago that maybe he drops the title on SmackDown because I just don't see him keeping the title for very long, man. Um, and I don't think – I think, to be honest with you, I would have let Bronson Reed win the title and, like, and swapped Austin Theory and Bronson Reed, put Austin Theory back on Raw and put Bronson Reed on fucking SmackDown. I would have completely swapped them. Uh, I said this during the, when I did the draft show just a couple of days ago. Bronson Reed, SmackDown doesn't have a lot of mid-card guys anymore. That was the beauty of a SmackDown. They always had some mid-card. Also, there you go on the SmackDown. You you doing, like, the mid-stick, which he's kind of going to SmackDown, kind of doing now because what the – he's got what all, ATL, which is, like, Austin Theory Live. He's, like, doing his own show and shit now. So going to SmackDown would make sense because you could kind of do that with SmackDown. But here's the problem with that. Him doing it for three hours, the Miz could do the Miz TV, and he could do that for three – like, you got three hours on Raw. I don't want to see Austin Theory doing a fucking A-Town Live, Austin Theory Live on fucking SmackDown and take up 20 fucking minutes, like uh, 15 fucking minutes. SmackDowns are actually still – this is kind of funny, man. When I was a kid, SmackDown was a wrestling show. And now that I'm older, rest- SmackDown is a wrestling show. Raw is the entertainment show. For him to now be on SmackDown, it makes no fucking sense. Outside of him having a U.S. championship, it's kind of like The Miz going to SmackDown. Him going to SmackDown was Miz going to SmackDown. Only You literally heard Daniel Bryan say, the only reason why I'm picking The Miz is because y'all just took the U.S. champion. I had to take the Miz and put him on SmackDown because he's the only mid card champion left. It kind of feels like that with SmackDown with Austin Theory. It's like they took Gunther to Raw. You have no other alternative but to have now Austin Theory on SmackDown. And I just don't see, I don't see Austin Theory being good on SmackDown. I just don't. I don't think he fits it. Like, for what he does, he's an entertainer. I said this shit on my last episode. I said this shit lastly, the episode that's coming out tonight. I said Austin Theory's a fucking entertainer. Him going to SmackDown is going to kind of fuck that up. I don't think he's going to fit well on SmackDown. I just don't. Plus, there's not that many mid-card guys he can work with now. Who's he going to work with? Karrion Cross? Maybe. But I don't know if they're willing to pull a trigger on Karrion Cross winning the title because he's been in a – and maybe this is – this is where I think Triple H kept saying this is going to be a restart. This is a re, you know, thing for WWE because now a lot of guys can kind of get back into a better rhythm with the new crop of talent coming to the show. But who does Austin Theory fight on SmackDown? That's what I'm saying. Like Bobby Lashley, but I think Bobby Lashley deserves a title push at Roman or something. Sheamus, Sheamus deserves a title push. If he's not going, if he's not going to get the title from Gunther, you might as well have him fight Roman. AJ Styles, AJ Styles should be in the title push for Roman. 
Like, there's too many people that could be in the conversation. Edge should not be in no goddamn U.S. championship match. Like, it's ridiculous. So, I don't see how that fits. All in all, the match, man, Bronson Reed did what Bronson Reed does. Bobby Lashley did what Bobby Lashley does. Austin Theory did what Austin Theory does. I mean, it was literally uh, – subtract set Rollins and put Bronson Reed in. It was literally the same match from Survivor Series. The only difference is is that Austin Theory didn't really do shit in this match. Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley pretty much beat the shit out of each other, and Austin Theory just picked the fucking bones at the end. Like, it wasn't anything he did, really, to, to like, push himself and make himself into a better. This is what I keep saying. His match after WrestleMania, when he beat John Cena, he didn't really do shit. He had to cheat to beat John Cena. This match, again, didn't really help him in the senses of, like, building him to be something special going forward. And I know a lot of people think I'm, I'm hating on this kid. I'm not hating on this dude. It's just at the end of the day, dude, like, I don't see why they keep pushing him. This is this is not a guy that uh, everybody's, like, super gun-ho about. Like, you got a couple people that fuck with him. And I'm going to get to the next person because the next match is the same situation. It's kind of like, but that's one man also pushing this dude. Whereas for Austin Theory, I do believe Triple H do think he can be the future. The problem is he's not getting over, and he isn't getting over. If you actually listen to the crowd, the crowd was rooting more for Bobby Lashley. The crowd liked Bronson Reed a little bit more. It didn't make sense that I, I don't. I, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. And then again, like the way he won, he like. And that's a heel thing. You're going to let somebody else do the dirty work and then you pick the bones. But the problem with that is he didn't do shit the whole match. And it's kind of like, this is kind of the problem that I'm having. Like, what the fuck was he in this match for other than just him being a champion? And that's kind of it. He didn't really do shit. This match would have worked better if Bronson Reed was the champ and Bobby Lashley was coming in as a challenger. Or Bobby Lashley was a champ and Bronson Reed came in as a challenger. It just, it didn't need Austin Theory is what I'm trying to say. It didn't need him. It didn't fucking need him. Um, my other match, that was a three-and-a-half star. Isn't my favorite three-and-a-half star match, but the GOAT's in it, so I was like, cool with it. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Omos. I, uh, I gave this three-and-a-half stars. Listen, I was on TikTok just a moment ago just looking at some shit, and I was looking at a, 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 a somebody that do uh, Twitch, I think, and, you know, because this shit pop up on my feed. Cause I like a couple of his videos and stuff. And in a caption, he was like, uh, Seth Rollins versus Omos was amazing. No, the fuck it wasn't. What the fuck was you watching? It was boring as fuck. It was a drag along. It was, it was literally the carbon copy of every Omos match. It was literally the same shit. Like you go look at Bobby Lashley and Omos at WrestleMania 38. You go look at shit. You can look at Bobby, Bobby, uh, Omos and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 39. This was the same shit. He was just, Seth Rollins is just smaller. This was the same fucking match. Like, Omos throws Seth Rollins around and then and, and Seth somehow, some way, finds a way to beat him. It was bullshit. It was a terrible fucking match. Exactly what I fucking thought it would be. It was fucking terrible. Um... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like this match at all, to be honest with you. Um... I know a lot of people are going to be like, why you gave it three and a half stars? Seth Rollins. <laughs> That's it. That's the real reason. Um, Seth can't make this dude a star. Nothing about it. Nobody can. I'm sorry. Like, the match was boring as fuck. Like, 
everybody's like, oh, man, Omos kicked that off at one. He did the same shit to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. He did the same shit to Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. This is every Omos match when he fights somebody that actually is better than the fucking people they keep giving him. Like, some fucking jobbers that they could he can easily just toss the fuck around, slam, and then get the fuck out the ring. Like, the difference between the Omos build and the Brian Strowman build, when Brian Strowman first came into the WWE, when he left the Wyatt family and became his own entity, is that Brian Strowman actually, you actually felt like he was a fucking destroyer. You actually felt like he couldn't go in the ring. You actually felt like he was the man. He was the monster among men. You felt that way. Omos, you do not feel that way. You don't feel that way. You just don't. I, I'm I'm tired of people trying to act like they like he could grow into something. No, the fuck he can't. The man could barely fucking move in a ring. Are we fucking kidding ourselves? Stop this shit. I don't know why. Well, yes, I do. I do know why. Vince McMahon loves Omos. Why I don't. Well, yes, I do again. This is the same man that thought Giant Gonzalez was a good fucking fucking champion, a good guy to fight fucking Undertaker. Like, he's always been this guy. He loves these fucking tall-ass, big-ass fucking dudes that can't wipe their ass good. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, you got to stop this shit. Like, I don't get it. Like, and here's the fucking problem, and here's where people are going to have to understand something. You realize Omos is a free agent, right, in WWE. I didn't talk about this on a draft show, but he isn't a free agent in the WWE, which means he can go to any brand he feels like. You do know that Roman Reigns is going to fight Omos at Night of Champions. You do know that, right? As a wrestling fan, you do, you do know that, right? Roman's going to fight Omos at Night of Champions. Because they don't want somebody to beat Roman that can actually physically beat fucking Roman. They don't want that. So they're gonna give him a fuck. And also, it will help Roman get over with the crowd because nobody wants to see Omos as fucking champion. So, all in all, Seth did his thing. <laughs> people, people, Seth better win the World Heavyweight Championship, man. I, I'm tired of can he carry the ball? Yes, the fuck he can. Seth is the guy. This is a man that you, he changes his gimmick. And he turns it into something. He went from being supposed to be a heel to literally the biggest face right now in the company. I didn't like the fact that they are now building Roman and Set because it feels like if Set wins the World Way Championship, what the fuck are you building Roman and Set for outside of the Survivor Series? Like, there's no reason for them two to even have a conversation until Survivor Series if you're going to go back to champion versus champion. Which, again, the brand split. But the brand split is so fucking funny right now. You don't know who the fuck is actually the guy that's going to be on these who's gonna be on these shows. All in all, man, I give it a three and a half star match because of set. That's it. It's not it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Omas, I don't think Omas did anything in this match that made me feel like, oh, yeah, that was different. He does the same shit over and over again. There's nothing different about the Omos matches. You think I'm just lying? You think I'm just playing? You think I'm like just don't like Omos? No, it's just you're pushing a guy that doesn't deserve to be pushed. It doesn't make sense to keep pushing him 
when you got a guy like Bryson Reed that can actually go in the fucking ring that doesn't get any shots and that's fucked up. Or a guy like a Johnny Gargano or a guy like a Tommaso Ciampa, Ciampa when he's there. You're not pushing guys like that. But you want to push this fucking dude that can barely fucking move. And I'm supposed to act like that's a good thing? Fuck no, man. No. No. I don't. No. All right. So, like I said, I have one, two, three. Oh, shit. I forgot. Uh, before I get to the five-star matches, I have a four-and-a-half-star match. And that was the main event of Backlash. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. I said four-and-a-half stars. <sighs> I didn't know who was going to win. I feel like if it was going to be a squash match, they would have had it earlier and got the shock out of it. Um, I think Brock went to Cody and said, I got to bleed. Because that's the only way it would look convincing for you to beat me. Um, the ending was better than what I expected. I, I didn't think Cody would beat him with the crossroads because that would be kind of like a really decisive win. Um, but I also didn't want Brock to beat Cody because it didn't make any sense for Brock to beat Cody. What the fuck was the point of him beating Cody? Um, and everybody could continue to scream. He needs adversity. He needs adversity. What I don't want is Cody to fall into this John Cena shit. I think John, for Austin Theory and Cody Rhodes and for people like that, I don't want people to be the next John Cena. You can never be the next John Cena. And that's for life. If there's somebody in this situation that did great, great, cheer for them, have them. But I don't want to be the next them. I can never be them. And I feel like WWE is trying to push Cody as the next John Cena. And that shit is not good for Cody. I hope Cody tells them, like, yo, I'm not John Cena. Who the fuck told you I was John Cena? I hope he is actually expressing that shit. Because he can't be John Cena. He won't be John Cena. Is he better than John Cena in the ring? A, to- a thousand times better. But him trying to take on this goody two shoes, I'm, I, that shit's a disaster. Don't do that. All in all, man, the match was decent. Um, They both got their offense in. Uh, Cody Rose kind of beat the hell out of Brock at the beginning, which kind of made sense because get back for what he did to him at the WrestleMania, the night at the WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I thought this match was, was what I expected. I didn't expect Brock to win, but I also didn't expect Cody to get squashed. I thought it would be a pretty back-and-forth match. Um, did it need to have the blood? Yeah, I think it did. I think Cody Rose needed to cut Brock Lesnar. I think Brock needed to bleed because, like I said, it wouldn't have looked believable. The problem with this match, and it's still going to probably be a problem for a lot of people, is why the fuck did Brock even attack him? <laughs> like, now, it's kind of like, it doesn't make any sense. It now makes no sense to have a Brock Cody 2. I don't think that would even make any sense. But I do, and, and now it's kind of like, again, like, it doesn't make any sense to have a conversation about why he even attacked him, because Cody beat him. And you kind of now say, well, Brock felt like he needed to go at Cody, but what's the fucking point? What, what's the point now? It doesn't make any sense, so... Cody wins. Cody beats him by escaping uh, the Kamara lock. Well, he really didn't escape it. He just 
pin his shoulders to the mat, one, two, three. Kind of like a Kurt Angle Undertaker at uh, No Way Out, um, where, you know, Undertaker had Kurt Angle in a, in a Hell's Gate, and Kurt Angle just flipped over and just pinned, you know, Undertaker's shoulders to the mat. Kind of felt like the same way where Cody was just he, – he never really was fully in a Kamara lock, which is another thing people need to see. Like, he wasn't fully in it. He was, like, up a little bit where you knew he was going to probably have to, like, move and try to put his body weight on uh, Brock, which kind of happened. And, um, yeah. So, quick pin, and it, Cody won. Um, yeah, thought the match was what I expected. I didn't expect Brock to squash him, but I also didn't expect Cody just to beat Brock cleanly. That shit just, I just didn't see that shit happening. Um, so, yeah. Um, now let's get into it. The five-star matches. Um, my least favorite five star match. I'm not saying it's not a great match, but it's a really good match. But more so over the story being told, and that is Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline. Um, yeah. Um, that's not really that much Kevin Owens, Matt Riddle, and Sami Zayn did in this match that made me feel like this match was great. It was more so because of what the Bloodline situation is. And I've said this numerous times. I said this after WrestleMania. I'm saying now. I said last time I did wrestling life. I've been saying it the whole wrestling life. Solo clearly was going to be the new right hand man after the Usos lost, and Roman didn't. It was kind of fucking obvious. What I felt is how the fuck are they going to progress this story without Roman being there? Tonight was a very important part of that. Jay is starting to realize Solo's going to turn on him. Uh, Solo's the right-hand man now. Jay's starting to realize it. Jimmy is oblivious. <laughs> Jimmy has no fucking clue. Jimmy is like... Just like, I'm still doing this for the family. But Jay knows what that feeling's like when you become the right-hand man to Roman because he had to become the right-hand man to Roman. And he's starting to realize that's what Solo is becoming. And tonight was a very important night of it. The match all in all was really good. Uh, like I said, Kevin Owens and Sammy, they weren't going to lose. They were not going to be the ones that got their shoulders pinned. That's why they had Matt Riddle in this match. Um, by the way, this is the second straight year where Matt Riddle lost that bad class to the bloodline. I just want to point that out. In a six-man tag match. I'm just saying. It's a little fucked up. Um, <laughs> he's the one that gets his shoulders pinned. Last year was him, Randy, and, and Drew McIntyre versus the bloodline. Roman speared his ass out of nowhere and won. And now Solo fucking spiked him and took the, it took the win. That was fucked up. But, um, I like the fact that, that, Friday night's going to be interesting. Roman's back. We're going to see how this all looks. But I think Solo is 100% in Roman's court. I don't think he's thinking about not betraying his brothers at one bit. I don't think that has even crossed his fucking mind. I really don't. Um, uh, I feel like... Um, the match was okay, man. It was a really good match, but it was just Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn really was just there to progress 
the bloodline storyline. That's all the fuck they were there to do. Um, I hope this dies. I hope now that the bloodline is on SmackDown and Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn are on Raw. There's nothing else to be said about this situation. Maybe the tag team titles, but I have my own theory about the tag team titles, and that is that they're going to be new tag team titles that go to go to, go to SmackDown, and one is going to go to Raw. And I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to choose which titles they want to take to Raw. Um, because them being undisputed champions, but they could still go to both shows. The What the fuck was the point of a brand split in both fucking titles? What the fuck is the brand split for? It makes no sense to have a brand split if you still have undisputed champions. No sense. They can go to both fucking shows. What's the point of it? What's the fucking point of it? I don't understand it. Um. Yeah, but all in all, it was a really cool match. Um. My second favorite match of the night. Um, that could have been in there if the other match wasn't what I also expected. Um, was the opener of Backlash, and that's Bianca Belair versus Io Sky. I gave it a five stars uh, for the WWE Women's uh, Raw Women's Championship. I thought this was five stars. I The way the crowd flipped on Bianca was fucking crazy. You could see her face like, what the, f- holy shit, okay, all right, that's different. <laughs> you saw her like, in her face like, you're like, what the, okay, that's different. It was a great, this was the, that, by the way, that was the only match that fully went, that wasn't both, like, wasn't a, a split crowd, because you heard it throughout the night, other than the real Selena, but that was supposed to be all Selena. Yeah, like, most of these matches, the people that were supposed to get chair got chair, and the people that were supposed to get booed got booed, but Bianca was getting massively booed. And that was something that was like, what the fuck? Like, at the beginning, it was cool. But as the match, as soon as the match started, they flipped. They went EO Scott. And it was just like, what the fuck? And I don't know if they were just doing that just to see. But it was, it was that was interesting. But, oh, no, I thought the match was incredible. This was one of the best matches of the night, I think. If you actually, yeah, it was one of the best matches of the night. And I see why I started it. Um. They all go to the SmackDown. Bianca and Damage Control all go to SmackDown. But again, it was one of the best matches of the night. Bianca's power was kind of neutralized a little bit. Eosky showed that she can do it without Damage Control, which was very important to push. Um, she came out by herself, which was a very important thing because I didn't know if she was going to come out with Damage Control or come out by herself. And she kind of controlled the night. She controlled this match very well. And I thought this was one of the best matches of the night. Um... The crowd was very into it, and actually, they gave them the right amount of time, and they gave them a long time to do this match, and I love the fact that they did, uh, because it fucking worked. Um, I think EO Sky is over, which is very important to do because of how that match ended, because if she didn't come out with the vic- the victory, the best part of it was that she got over. Even though she didn't win, she got over and that is to push her without damage control. Can you make a star out of one of these women without the group? And you know, this guy's the one. Um, like I said, the way the match ended, damage control comes out, tries to help Eos guy, and I think she was cool with it up until Bailey grabbed Bianca's hair and tried to hold her so she could hit the moonsault. 
and then the ref caught her and then screwed the old sky over. And I think that's going to create the friction that we need. Now, I still don't know who's going to turn on who. I don't think Eos Sky just 100% leaves damage control. I think Bailey kind of gets to the point where she's just like, you're trying to get bigger than the group. And she turns on her. Uh, I think Eos Sky is going to become a face. I think people have always said Bailey's going to be the one that's going to turn face. I think Eos Sky is going to turn face. I think she's the one. I think she, hearing the crowd tonight was very important to see how much they actually liked her and really fucked with her. Like I said, she got a big pop. She got a really good situation. And the match was a great fucking match. Eos Sky should have never really had to come in with a group. She's a former NXT champion. She has been in the position of being a star before. She beat fucking Rhea Ripley and fucking Charlotte Flair to be the NXT fucking women's champion. Like, and I think it was the first time she won the title. Like, she beat Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair to win the fucking NXT championship, bro. Like, the girl could go in the ring. I don't know why people kept trying to, like, I don't understand it, but I think tonight was a very important night that she's now officially going to be the star. And she's going to be a face. And I think that on SmackDown, we're going to see how fast. Because Bianca was kind of bigging her up and telling her, like, you shouldn't be in this group. Like, you have a chance to be a star. And I think we're going to finally see that come Friday night, because I think that's when the damage control is going to officially break up. Because Eos Sky is going to be pissed off that she didn't beat Bianca. And I actually think Eos should fight Bianca again on Friday Night SmackDown like due to the new draft. And I think that kind of go with the new draft. And I think she should beat her. And I don't say that a lot. <laughs> I don't say that shit a lot. But I think Eos Sky should beat Bianca at, 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 uh, on SmackDown. And I know people say, push it tonight of champions and let EO beat her there. But I think you should do it on SmackDown. Let her beat her and then her and, B- and Bailey go against each other or something at night of champions and then have Bianca and her fight at Money in the Bank or some shit. Or, yeah, you could probably wait till the damage control break up at night of champions. But I don't, I, I think you just need to rip the bandage. I think it's just, it's time. Fuck it. It's time. It's been time. It's gonna, maybe you play it for another couple of weeks and then have a fight at night of champions for the title and be Bianca there. And that's when the split happens. But I, I don't know. Have like an old, and WWE does like to go back in time. So have like the old evolution where Randy Orton beat Chris Benoit and became rivalry champion. But Triple H can never beat Chris Benoit for the title. So when, so when somebody new beats him and it's the person that you've been mentoring, beats the person you could never beat, you turn on him. So I can see how that could work. I can definitely see how that would work. Um, but then you put kind of like Bianca in a bullshit situation where, well, she's always going to be there, but it's kind of like, what do you do with her for the next couple months until they end that shit? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but the match of the night to me was, of course, what I thought it would be. And that's Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, the San Juan street fight. Uh, it was exactly what I thought it would be. I actually thought this should have been the main event. You can't call it a double main event, but then yet this shit goes on before the like it goes on two matches before the main event. I don't understand that shit, but anyway, um, but I get why you pushed. I I just feel like Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar should have been earlier. Um, this should have closed out the night. Um, the excitement for it. Uh, there were more people that actually wanted to see this match more than they wanted to see the Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar match. Um, yeah. Um. Man, the bumps 
Bad Bunny was taking in this fucking match. <laughs> Yo, with this motherfucker Falcon arrowed his ass through a table. Oh my god. I was like, yo, this motherfucker might be dead. Yeah, I was like, yo, this motherfucker might be dead. Um This was what I expected. I expected Bad Bunny to come out, fight, do his thing, um, get the crowd into it. This was a hell of a match, man. Um, you gotta give Bad Bunny his credit um for for, for doing this, man. Um and Damian Priest, man, like Bruh, I'm I'm dead serious right now. Damian Priest needs a run. He needs a title run. It, it sucks that now he's got a fight. He had to go through Gunther to get it. But this man needs a fucking title run. Like he deserves it, man. Like the match he put on tonight with Dan, with Bad Bunny should have solidified that he will be a champion eventually, like soon. And that's why I felt like Judgment Day would have done so much better on SmackDown. It would have made sense. Because you can easily get the U.S. Championship and put it on Damian Priest, and it would make fucking sense. Um, I love the fact that, you know, they played into the Puerto Rico feel, where it was like, you have, you know, the Judgment Day come out and try to help Damian Priest, but then Ray comes out, and that really doesn't do anything. But then Carlito comes out, which is like, if Carlito didn't come out, bro, at some point, what the fuck was the point of having it in Puerto Rico? <laughs> like, what the fuck was the point? Uh, yeah, man, that was awesome. Uh, just to see the crowd into this match. This was another one that they let go. And I think it was so damn good they did. Oh, um, no, man, it was my match of the night. Uh, Bad Bunny won, which he should have. But the fact that that man put on a fucking match, man, by himself, which is very important because they don't really, like, they don't really let celebs really do too much. But if you come back for the second time and you have a match like this, like, like, even Logan Paul didn't have, like, this. Like, he fought the Miz, like, I think, like, a regular old match. But this match was a street fight, and, and Bad Bunny went through hell on earth on his, on his night to win, and he did it. Um, yeah, man, uh, I'm, 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 I'm close to saying, and I don't, I don't like it, but I'm, I'm very close to saying, yo, by the time Raw Rumble roll around, wherever Raw Rumble gonna be, probably Miami or somewhere, I wouldn't mind seeing Bad Bunny fight for the World Heavyweight Championship, I'm not saying he has to win it, but if you gave Logan Paul a WWE Universal title match, his third match, his second real solo match ever, why not Bad Bunny versus, let's say, Seth Rollins if he got the World Heavyweight Championship? And Seth really doesn't have a true contender for his title yet at WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind seeing Seth versus Bad Bunny for the title for the World Heavyweight Championship at Royal Rumble. I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. So, yeah. I th- all in all, man, backlash. Cause like I said, if, you, if I expected... The matches I expected to be good was good. The matches I expected to be kind of shitty was shitty. Um, next one up is Night of Champions, and that's May 27th. And that's, I think that's going to be early. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be doing that rating review show next. Um, yeah. And I think, as a matter of fact, I think that might close out season seven of this. So, yeah. Um, 
All in all, man, WWE Backlash was what I expected. And I'm I'm very happy to the Puerto Rican crowd. By the way, I want to say this. I hope WWE does more events outside of the U.S. Because that is, these fans have been pondering over trying to get these matches and these big events. And we just saw it. We see it in Saudi Arabia sometimes, which is kind of eh, up and down. Sometimes with the with the match cards, but the last three times they've wandered out of the country, the U.S. Clash of the Castle was a classic pay per view, classic pay per view. Um, Elimination Chamber was incredible, and this tonight, I think the WWE, WWE needs to think about start the put more pay-per-views. And, and by the way, London gets money in the bank, so I expect money in the bank to be just as exciting. So, all in all, I think WWE needs to continue this trend of trying to branch the country, the company out of the country because that's what actually is going to help them create more and more uh, people to come back to WWE because if you're not getting a lot of love in the U.S., like, you might not be. Why not go and venture outside? Maybe go to Japan in the next couple of months to do a pay-per-view. Why not do a SummerSlam in Japan or a Survivor Series or a Royal Rumble? Something. They got to go and do a big, another, not a major pay-per-view, but something, you know. Um, but, yeah, King of the Ring. So, yeah, I mean, something like that. But, um, yeah, all in all, man, Backlash was cool. It was a really cool pay-per-view. Um yeah, and like I said, I'll see you guys at Night of Champions, which is May 27th. Until then, I'm Brandon Janu. Peace.